like a rock on foil. Say, reduce me, seduce me, dress me up in Stussy. Hell is round the corner where I shelter. Isms and schisms where living helter-skelter. If you believe and deceive, common sense says shouldn't receive. Let me take you down the corridors of my life. And when you walk, do you walk to your preference? No need to answer till I take further evidence. I seem to need a reference to get residence. A reference to your preference to say, I'm a good neighbor. Continue podcast! 2020! Woo! <laughs> here comes the Woo! here comes the hype train. Here comes uh, pull, it, pull it into where? Grand Central Station. <laughs> where, Gonna where, pick where? up some passengers. Take a nice uh, trip through the mountains. We're we're doing it, everybody. This is this is the imagine imagine a Hanksless Polar Express. That's this show right now. <laughs> so the Polar uh, Express. <laughs> so the Polar Express. Uh, I, Tom Hanks is dead eyes. We're, I like we're I like Starlight Express. <laughs> yes. <and> yes. <laughs> uh, there we go. If, uh, if anybody is wondering what that cacophony is here at the top of the show, that's because Susan has Mothman problems. It's true. It's true. So I uh, I moved recently, and uh, I I moved out of the Durham area. Uh, my husband and I. Bought a property. Bought some acreage. Is mm. is how. It oh, works. an acreage on it's the acreage. The old family farm. That's what the yes. You know the realtors are like better get. Oh, I know you want some acreage. Yes. So we have uh, we have two and a quarter acres of our very own, and most of it is wooded. And uh, the Mothman, uh, yeah. like he just hangs. He just kind of like lurks in the background. He's Shows like, up yeah. at your garden parties. Yeah. Your, He's like, yo, what's up? Ice cream social. <laughs> yeah. Like so, ice cream social. <laughs> Uh, two questions. Yeah, yeah. Have you have you ever seen the Mothman prophecies? Of course I have. Have you ever seen the Yeah, you see the film. Have Chapstick, you ever read bro. the book? No, yeah. no, I have not. All right, so the book that the Mothman prophecies is based on is amazing. It was <laughs> it's it's such a crock because it's just like based on a true story. A couple of people saw some weird shit, but like 12 years apart. In totally different areas of the country, yeah, yeah. and then a bridge fell down. Yeah. Whoa! I know, I know, I know. But then the movie, the movie is the most seductive thing in the world because you watch it for two hours wrapped, and then the entire, by the end, you're just thinking, wait a second, have I just watched Richard Gere be nervous for two hours? Yeah, that's it. And that's all <laughs> this is? Yeah. <laughs> It's just Richard Gere just just driving at night and being worried. Exactly. And yet, exactly. It's like doing those squinty little eyes that he does. He goes, mm. so, so compelling. And then it's one of the background good. extras from uh, from Battlestar Galactica threatens to beat him up if he shows up at his house again. <laughs> well, the the, moth, right, the Mothman is uh, is uh, a one of the cryptids in Fallout seventy six, and I I searched oh. for that mother. So many times, and I would see him in the distance, and I would try to sneak up on him so I could kill him, and he would vanish. What What does he look like in in a, Fallout seventy six? A, a a moth. He is a he just looks he like a, a giant man sized moth, moth <laughs> with glowing eyes. Uh, the my favorite appearance of Mothman in any video game is in Castlevania: Dawn of Sorrow for the original DS. It's the only Castlevania that ever did this, but you can buy magazines 
that are the National Enquirer in the game. Oh, that's oh, right. I love it. Yeah. I love and it. And the National Enquirer will tell you where the Mothman's been spotted and where nice. Bigfoot's been spotted. They're like spotted. secret bosses, right? They're, they're not even or bosses. Or like enemies. Because they're secret enemies, and you have to go to the areas and do one specific thing to make them appear, and then you get to fight them. The Mothman is hilarious. You have to go to an area once you have an electric ability and light up a sort of spotlight, which draws the oh, Mothman out like a bug net. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it, it's just, it basically looks like a topless no, that's a, that's dude a with a moth head. That's, that's... Bug net is that, you know... Da, 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 bug net. Bug net. These yeah. are their stories. It's, yeah. it's that unfortunate Dan Aykroyd movie. Uh, if you guys haven't gathered... I think of you... Everyone's... Okay, so I... Okay, there, there's a song... <laughs> That goes with the Dragnet movie called City of Crime. <laughs> and I remember Scattered... I used to know all the words, but now I only remember Scattered Lines and every single time I think of Anthony. That's such a good I, movie. That's such what's trash. What's wrong with what we're doing? We just like to dance in our ghost <laughs> pants around this ancient ruin. Yeah. Is that the um, song um, that played in the theme song or the during the credits of yeah, the movie? Yeah, okay, there's a video. There the era when every song it. had a credits rap song. Yep, that's right. Yeah, which is that is the era that bore, gave this show to the world. <laughs> uh, yeah, this is even for us a long intro. Everybody, welcome yeah, back to the Continue hi. Podcast, episode sixty-three, <laughs> a show that is ostensibly about video games. And that movie where Dan Aykroyd throws pills at Tom Hanks at a Satanist party. <gasps> oh my uh, god, it is Tom Hanks, isn't it? Yes, yeah, sure is. A, a it's very young, young Hanks. Yeah. Tom Hanks. Before it's the dead eyes of uh, wow. Polar Express. Mm-hmm. Wow, okay, you're right. Baby wow. Hanks. Uh, we, we, of course, <laughs> the, the person uh, serenading you with the dulcet uh, tones of 1988's film adaptation of Dragnet is Susan Arndt. Hi, Mothman. <laughs> I, we have a Mothman or Mothmen situation. Yeah. Uh, we also have the one, the only Staff Roberts, Dave Roberts. So I've never read them. I've never seen the Mothman movie Don't or read bother. the book. Don't. But I did... <laughs> Read the book the uh, that the ring was based off of Ringu. Oh, oh! Back when I was that? working at a, a Bookman's in Phoenix, it came in. I was like, "Oh shit!" They made a book of this, so I read it, and it's like it's actually a lot more of like a psychological thriller than it is like a straight up horror. Like, there's scary stuff in it. Wait, wait, wait! Which which one was? Which Ringu. One was first? Ringu was first. So the book then they was made first. a Jap- Yes, the book okay. was first. Then they made a Japanese movie. And then they made the, the okay. English movie. But yeah. Uh, it's it's a lot more of like a almost like a procedural, like philosophical psychological. Premise? Yes, same premise. It's just like it like it explores a lot more of like the mental sort of ramifications of having this thing like hanging over your head. Oh, interesting. That's awesome. Okay, that's really cool. I yeah. I might I might check that down. Yeah, I I'm always curious about reading the Japanese novels that stuff I enjoy is based on. Mm. I tried that with Parasite Eve didn't go great that book is <laughs> trash <laughs> that is trash uh there's there's no point where people just turn into jelly and then you have to fight a spider covered with goo. while sick acid beats play in the background while, while dope acid jazz is happening uh so speaking of dope acid jazz uh dave has been warping his consciousness uh 
lately by getting up at the ass crack of dawn. Yeah, okay. And and putting himself through the Nintendo paces. Yeah. So I mean, I, I've ta- I think I've talked about it on the on the podcast before, but I have uh, high blood pressure. Mm-hmm. I am slightly overweight. Uh, slightly overweight. I'm like borderline. I guess according to the. The BMI scale, I'm like borderline obese. Yeah, but, like, but the I don't BMI know, I'm scale is complete yeah. bullshit. I'm six feet tall too, so yeah. like um, I am overweight. I need to lose weight. I need to when when you have a job that makes you sit in front of a computer for eight hours and all of your mm-hmm. hobbies are sedentary, you gotta do something. So I have tried, and like for whatever reason, and just sticking with like regular exercises, running. I tried going on my bike. That almost killed me. Because I'm so out of shape. I'm trying to find something that I can stick with. Uh, and then I heard a lot of really good things about Ring Fit Adventure. Um, a lot of people talking about how it's like, not only is it just like a really good game, but it's actually really smart and how it doles out exercises and that it's actually like a good workout. So I picked it up. And I, like, I'm only a week into it so far. I've only played it about four times, but um, I'm really impressed by it. Um, it is what they tried to do with Wii Fit, but with actual exercise, I think. Okay, okay, explain the setup, okay. because there is a, an actual ring. Yes, but so you, you buy a box. It's not just the ring, it's not just the ring. You, you do, buy a box. You put things on your legs. And in the box comes the game. You put, uh, there's a leg strap that you put the left Joy-Con in. All the left Joy-Con does is is motion, and it has the, the HD rumble in it. So you put that in your leg. Strap it to your leg. Then there's a ring. It's basically a Pilates ring. And you put the right Joy-Con on, uh, which has the IR sensor. And so you, you slide that in to the ring. So now this ring that you, like, push and pull... Um, is able to feed data to the Joy-Con that's connected to it. So when you put the game in, you play an adventure, <clears throat> the Ring Fit Adventure mode, which is basically like a full-fledged RPG. You uh, pick your little character, whether you want to play as a man or a woman, your skin color, um, that sort of thing. And then you're just kind of dropped in this world where you see like a, a regal fancy version of the ring that you're holding lying on the ground and it's like it starts talking to you like hey you should pick me up man you should you should you should pull on the ring really hard man and then you do it and then this super swole evil dragon bursts out of the ring and he's like oh i'm gonna take over the world blah so he goes off to parts unknown and oh, then no. and then the ring starts talking. He's like, hey, uh, I sealed that dragon away. We got to go get him. So the whole premise of the game is that you're moving from level to level. And it's broken up into segments where it's part runner. Where you're like basically moving forward through a level like a platformer. And you actually move by like jogging in place. Uh, and the strap on your leg is picking up your movements. And like if you jog faster, you'll jog uh, faster in the game. Um, if you lift your knees up to your chest, you'll be able to go through like puddles faster or climb stairs faster. And you're also aiming the ring and like squeezing it to send gusts of air out to break boxes or pulling oh, cool. it to suck like coins and other collectibles 
into yourself. And you can also point it down and squeeze really hard and you'll launch yourself in the air and you can like jump and hover. So there's, there's some platforming elements there. Like the levels have like there are multiple paths. If you, if you make a jump, you'll find like a secret collectible on the top path. But if you miss it, you'll just take like the bottom path down. Can you go backwards? Is there any? No, is there any this explore, part, like you'll have no, to like no, you know active exploration, right? You'll have to start the level over again if you want to. Like if you miss something, you have to go back. Uh, but then, as you're running through these levels, occasionally you'll come across these like these uh, monsters in the wild, kind of like an RPG, and then it shifts from this runner to a turn-based turn-based RPG where all of your exercise moves are attacks. Hmm. Um, so, like, one, the first couple moves that you have are, like, one of them is, um, it's, like a, it's like a press. You hold the ring above your head and you squeeze it as hard as you can for, for a few presses. There's uh, some yoga moves. There's squats. There's, uh, and there's, like, an ab crunch thing that you do um, putting it on the ground. And as you're doing reps, you're doing damage to enemies. And the difficulty that you said at the beginning, like it asks you, like, "Hey, how you know how much how fit are you?" Basically, and I'm like, "I'm a weakling." Um, so <laughs> it's only you're just like no, <laughs> yeah, no. I've I haven't done this in like years. Uh, so the amount of reps that I'm doing is far less than, so like I had originally had it on level 10 cause I was like, I want a little bit of a workout, but like not too much. And like, yeah, so I was doing like seven reps on, on the, like the, 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 or the squats. And so the first four were normal and the last three were really fast. And then I got like, I finished a level. I was like, that's too much for me right now. So I lowered the difficulty down and the same exercise uh, to do the same amount of damage was only like four normal reps. So oh, what so, happens? Okay. What happens? I, I, we're constantly the three of us on this show talking about we need to push the boundaries of what a game is, and it doesn't. There doesn't need to be a win and a fail state. And hearing all this in my head, I'm like, I'm not gonna push myself in doing this unless there's a fail state, unless there's some part of this okay. that's saying. You need to work harder to actually get the maximum workout. Out so you level up as you complete exercises, you gain experience and the experience gives you uh, additional strength, additional uh, defense. And it also unlocks additional exercises and mm. the different exercises that you unlock do different set types of damage. Um so when you first start, everything does, like, there's no strengths or weaknesses against enemies, but you'll eventually unlock attacks that will attack everyone on the screen rather than just uh. one person. Um, but once, like, I finished chapter one yesterday or Wednesday, and I unlocked the, um, the color coding system. So all of the enemies, which all look like kettlebells or barbells, but they all have, like, like... <laughs> Demon fangs and stuff on them. It's, it's really cute. Evil kettlebells. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, but they're all color coded, and your exercises are color coded too. So anything like leg related is blue, uh, arm related is red, yoga is blue, and I want to say core is yellow. And so if you if you match the attack, the exercise with the uh, the color of the enemy, you do more damage. Um, 
And when you use an attack, there's a rest period. So you can't just keep doing the same attack. I was wondering about uh, that. So you have to switch up your exes. The, the whole thing is like, it's it's like a video. It's, it is, it's a video game. It's a normal RPG. But the way that they have taken these like RPG tropes, it's like just the natural things you would do in a good workout. You wouldn't do the same exercise over and over again because you right. get diminished returns uh it's also because you're constantly starting and stopping you're you you pick your exercise pick the enemy you want to attack you do the exercise you stop you rest you do it again it's like like building a natural almost not quite the same level as high interval uh high intensity interval training but it's that same concept where you're like doing like a minute of workout resting minute of workout resting minute of workout resting and then once you finish the battle, you go back to running until you get to the end of the level. Um, uh, there's no delicate way to ask this, Dave. What? Um, how gross do you get when you work out? Uh, uh, because it depends. I, we, we've covered this in this show. There are video backers who back at a level on Patreon to actually watch us do this uh, as we record every now and again. Um, I'm a sweaty guy. Yeah. Uh, I'm I'm gr- I'm gross. I'm pretty um, sweaty too. So um, when I had the Joy-Cons it, get gross? Uh, no, because so the thing is, is the Joy-Con itself is strapped into the ring. You're just holding it by the handles on the side, uh, okay. and they're like these like polystyrene or whatever, kind of, like just like fitness typical fitness gear, and so that's fine. And then the strap in the leg uh, on your leg is like it's covered and out of sight. So like. You'd never touch that. Uh, and the way that like you navigate menus is all just by turning and like lifting the ring. And if you want to select something, you squeeze in or pull out to go back. So they've built like little movements so you never really have to touch touch the Joy-Cons. Question. That's good. Yes. I don't know how to express this without... <laughs> Do you have any? I'm a lady. I'm a okay. lady. I'm a lady with with thighs. Mm-hmm. I have a thickness. Okay. Uh, the problem I have, like you know, when when you go running and you get everybody had their iPods in the yeah. sleeve on their, it always fell down as I yeah. ran. I have this. Pro- it's my only complaint with this one because I also have large thighs. Uh, I have to strap that thing on pretty tight for it to stay still. Okay. Interesting. Um, I don't really like it. Fits fine, and mm-hmm. it's pretty stretchy, so that's not the problem. But yeah, like, um, like I'm, I'm need to look into either getting some new shorts or something, or just fucking pulling that thing and <laughs> velcroing <laughs> it. But um, it's not, it's not uncomfortable. Like after a. F- exercise or two like as long as it's staying there you're not constantly that's, trying to I mean, that's pull my it problem. back is up it, is it gonna keep shimmying down as, yeah because if you're running you know that shock is, yeah. is gonna like burp, 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 so it's around your ankle there is also a um like an apartment mode for the game oh interesting so instead of running in place you just kind of like i think you do like little squats or you basically you mm. you it, like it, it, it detects that you're not going all out because it's like you don't want to disturb your neighbors. Right. Uh, but that could mitigate that a little bit too. I, today, uh, I was able to strap it on pretty hard, and it didn't 
move much at all. I just there's you, just no you just way need to find to the sweet about, spot. There's no way to talk about ring fit in a a, a dignified way. No. no, I strapped it on pretty hard. It's just not. <laughs> And I, and I grab and I squeeze the ring. Yeah. And I squeeze the ring. It's just no, not, it's just it's we like, talk about games usually. I applauded their efforts with Wii Fit. I thought it was a neat idea, but I also felt like as someone who like it, the American exercise aesthetic is very different than the Japanese exercise aesthetic, which is like like they've you know, um a lot more on like I guess yoga, like it's just it's a different ethos. Like whereas here, like it's the, like especially during the Wii Fit era, there was a lot of like um, I'm trying to think of like what was big, but like Zumba stuff, oh, yeah, like yeah, you know, yeah. like yeah. You know, just a lot. Of, like it's a lot more high impact. We were uh, just at the end of the for, Tai Bo period yeah. when oh, Wii Fit came around. Oh my sweet lord! Yep, Reverend Billy Blanks. Um, the Reverend. Oh, <laughs> bless his heart. <laughs> um, but so. We fit, I think, and I think they even said, like, it wasn't meant to be a, a replacement to an exercise regimen. It was more to yes. make you more aware of your own body, which is, like, great, but I want to lose, like, 20 pounds. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, not really helping out there, bud. I don't really care how nice Woohoo Island looks. Um, <laughs> but... Um, this act like this feels like an exercise device. It feels like they talked with like exercise experts. There are like tips strewn about the game as you're stretching or playing that like feel like they talked to somebody who knows fitness and like took their advice and built a game around it. And the game is good and it's clever. And apparently, like from what I've heard of people who've been playing it for a while, it's constantly unlocking new little things that you have mm. to deal with in battle so it like i just un, uh, today i just unlocked the ability to buy smoothies with, <laughs> which you can use to increase your attack power or restore health um and like uh each of i'm guessing that each of the bosses will give me a new ability that changes up the battle further kind of like the color change um option did so, uh, I don't know. It's, I, it's fun to play. So I'm going to keep playing it and I'm glad that it's like giving me a workout while I do it. Have either of you ever at any point, and this stretches back all the way to the NES at this point, engaged with a game that is supposed to better you? Yes. In some way, mm-hmm. for a long period of time. Yes. For le- okay. What What is yours, Susan? What did you What did you actually glom onto, and then you stuck with it? Brain Age. All right, Brain Age. Yeah. And <laughs> how long did you stick with it, though? That's That's the big six, one for me. Six, nine months, something like that. All right. So not 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 like a full year. No, not no, no. not over twelve months. No, I definitely I, I had like six months with Brain Age. The this might seem like a strange one, but I always thought of Rock Band as a thing. That's that. Yeah, I uh, yeah. I I kind of t- like. I'm not. I wouldn't say I'm good at drums. I like because it's not a full replacement for a drum kit. 
but I right. learned limb independence. I learned rhythms. I like I could pl- you put me down in front of a drum set. I could give you a four four beat pretty good, like yeah. which is way more than I ever did when like before I ever played rock band. Yeah, I like rock band got me, and this is a this is it sounds so silly, but rock band is the first time I had ever thought about the actual mechanics of singing. What, what oh. you actually have to do with your voice, what you yeah. actually need to bodily do to sing well. And by the end of it, I felt like I had improved as a singer because I was playing it for hours a week for almost two years straight. It was such an institution in my home. And everything else that I've ever engaged with that is that type of game, it's a thing that is active I've ended up losing after a few months. Like brain age. It didn't last longer than six months. Uh, we Fit, uh, despite, you know, We Fit was very well made. Like you said, Dave, it was admirable, but it just didn't fucking work. Like the entire no, idea didn't. that you could release a device that suits every body type is asinine. Yeah. Uh, and, but. You know, Rock Band worked because it was constantly adding new music, and that that was the carrot at the end of the stick. Ring Fit Adventure, I really want to take the plunge, because Dave, you've raved about it, I've had multiple friends rave about it to me, and it looks so interesting, but I don't want to drop 60 bucks. 80 80 bucks jeez louise I, 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 got I, it at, I got it at Walmart, it was $10 off but yeah, it's still, it's, it's uh, yeah, it, yeah. For, a a, a, for a ring that's going to be in my home, and then in six months, I'll be like, fuck it, I'm just going to go running. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm just going to well, go see, do the yoga th- again. The thing is, is that, but you already go running. Yeah, right? exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Uh, I I need to build up to that. I need to get my body to a mm-hmm. point where I'm not just like, because that, that's my thing. Like, I, I try to go running, and I do it, and I'm like, I this is great, but I want to die. Um. Well, this is, this is the thing, and this is exactly why so many people fail at, at exercise. They want to, but they, like, oh, well, I should go run a mile. Dude, you got to work up to running yeah. a mile, you know? Sure. Yeah. So yeah. it's really important to have a something. Oh, I know a game I stuck with for more than a year. Zombies Run. Hell yeah. 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 Zombies Run was- is the shit. Zombies <laughs> Zombies Run is fun, man. I, yeah. I really enjoy that. That's so. Did we never talk about this on the show? Because you got me doing Zombies Run. Did I? With you for a while? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, we we both did the spring session in oh, right. 2016. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I ended up dropping out of it because I like again. I got bored with the stories. Oh, so okay. for for any for anybody unfamiliar, Zombies Run is there there is a free version and a pay version and it is a game that you put on your phone and it's an audio based uh sort of adventure story mm-hmm. so think of it like a visual novel but it's like a radio play it's like a radio play it's like an old-fashioned radio show but you uh you you have to run from both zombies and uh, bandits and explosions, you know, it's, uh, oh no, you've got to make it to the helicopter. So yep, it's, it's, exactly. you're doing wind sprints and that sort of thing. Yeah. And if you pay, you can participate in these larger events. 
and it's really cool. The writing is really good. The acting is really good. But that was one that I I I bailed because the story is I didn't. I <laughs> this is such a stupid thing to find fault with. But I didn't like the way it lionized you as a player. It, <laughs> it, it, it so, to, it's a video I, game, dude. I, I know it's a video game, but I, I couldn't stand like the patronizing, like, only you can do this, runner. It's like, fuck you. Give me, <laughs> make <laughs> Give me, me I feel bad about myself. It's the only way that I'm going to keep doing this. Nintendo got that and we fit. It's like, oh, that's you are. True. Yeah. Yeah, we fit. There, because it uses the BMI index, and it'd be like, you are 6'1", 225 pounds, fatty. And then you it would make your... You disgust me. Yeah, <laughs> you I disgusting mean, yeah. blob. Yeah. It's good motivation. I, like, that's also my worry with Ring Fit, though, Dave, is that Ring Fit seems... The aesthetic is so bubbly, it's so happy. Apparently, uh, Anthony needs someone to hate him in order okay. for yeah. him to... Be mm-hmm. driven to be healthier. And, I yeah. mean, this is why trainers who yell at you are yeah. very successful. I'm not, like, I'm it's not true. even yeah. kidding. No. Like, Jillian Michaels has made a fortune being mean to people mm-hmm. to get them mm-hmm. to lose weight. Uh, I, I, for someone, I, 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 I think that Ring Fit is great for, like, for what Dave needs. Like, he needs to get to a place of fitness for him to start, like, mm. maybe I want to yeah. go running, or maybe I want to go biking, or maybe yeah. I want to do whatever. And it's going to do the hard part of, like, tracking that for me. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and exactly. pushing me a little bit each yep. time. Yep. Because I'm really bad at that. Yeah. Well, that's mm. that's what most people... I mean, this is why this industry is billions of dollars. People need someone to tell them, okay, now do four push-ups. Okay, right. now <clears> do <throat> six. Like, that's... It's a, that's, I, I know I need that. This is why I, the fittest I ever was in my life, my cardio was amazing because every night when I got home from work, I would do back to back exercise videos, a half hour of cardio, half hour strength training, five days a week. I was jacked, dude. I, my, oh my God. I could run for miles. It was awesome. That does not exist anymore. Like, you mm. can't do that because the, the fitness industry has moved on. I'm like, can I just have more of those, please? I really <laughs> like them because it's do this for 30 seconds. Now, and you watch the person do it. So they teach you how to do it. And then it's this is how long you do it. Great. I don't have to think about this at all. I just have to. Awesome. I don't need to know nothing. I just need to look at you. So, you know, like if, if Ring Fit does that as well, fantastic. Yeah, that's that's really awesome. Uh, so hey, you guys know me. Um, my problem is that if I have a personal trainer, my anti-authoritarian streak kicks in. Mm-hmm. So if there's another, <laughs> so I need somebody to abuse me. You can't me. tell me what to do and or and then you the like moment kick that him in the anyone knees. tells me anything to do, I'm like, go fuck yourself into the sun, you dumb motherfucker. You, you just paid a- me hundred twenty dollars. <laughs> A troubled, troubled man. Yes, very much so. But it works out because I'm scattered enough that I can be my own masochist and okay. my own sadist oh at the at the same God. time. Like nobody's going to punish me as much as I punish myself. So it it it's perfect. It's perfect. I worry that like I worry that Ring Fit might end up addicting me. Actually, <laughs> I worry that like I'll be sitting there and be like, turn on your switch, you. 
Get in there, get some gains, find some treasure, idiot. People are people are speedrunning <coughs> this game already. Oh, are wow. they really? They're they're like they've got times down to like eighteen hours for the whole thing, and I'm like, <laughs> you are going to kill yourselves. It's not. Uh, have you guys, there is a, I can't remember his name. There is a gentleman who is based out of Brazil who is attempting to speed run every NES game ever made. All of them. Uh, the okay. entire library like of 700 NES games. games. It's, it's like 824, the, I think. Even the Mahjong ones? Even, well, okay. Hey, any shut th- up. I like Mahjong. <laughs> anything that came out in the West. So it has okay. the NES, not okay. Famicom. But included in that is the Miracle Piano <laughs> NES game with the goddamn full-size keyboard. So in order to complete the project, he had to learn how to play piano. <laughs> <laughs> and he's that, like, yeah, now I can speedrun Miracle Piano. That That is, that That's is wonderful. I love that. Uh, so while Dave has been... Uh, building new clefts uh, in his brain. Uh, he, he's been exercising his way into better neuroplasticity with the help of Nintendo's wonderful game. Susan has been uh, uh, building all sorts of wonderful serotonin feedback pads Oh yeah, through a game that is a big no-no for me. Yeah, no. <laughs> no, seriously, shortly, I, I sent Anthony, because we... You, We've talked about the on the show why he can't play uh, pocket card deck building games jockey, and card anybody. games. Yeah. yeah, why he can't. I'm like texting. I'm like, you can never play this game. I I've tried. Okay, we're talking about Slay the Spire. Yep. And I installed it on Steam, and that it's right up there with Civilization on Ooh, things that I played. Yeah. And I was like, well, that's getting uninstalled right now. Yeah. <laughs> because. <laughs> gotta go mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. uh explain to folks how this this horror works okay <laughs> these bad drugs it's as we said on the pre-show bad <laughs> bad dr- i, I want to point out that uh next to me on my desk is my switch which is charging because <laughs> i ran the battery completely down playing this game so what it is the, your goal is to defeat the three levels of the spire. Uh, each uh, chapter, they're called chapters of the spire, is made up of different levels, which are on different paths. Some have enemies, some have treasures. Some are who knows what. It's a surprise. Some are elite enemies. And your goal is to, it's a card battling game. You have a certain amount of hit points. Your enemies have a certain amount of hit points. They do attacks that do a certain amount of damage. You know how this works, folks. You have cards that are attacks and defends and special powers and whatnot. You collect relics. Relics are uh, active and passive buffs or debuffs. You might get one that lets you do an extra turn or that does extra damage or protects you or something like that. There's three different characters. They each have different specialties. You got the first one who's just a bruiser, just goes in and just hits everything. It's just all about attack damage, like rawr! The second one is all about damage over time. It's about high defense and poison and all that. And the third one is this wonderfully weird robot character who is a, a combination of damage and and uh, uh, stuff over time. It's just, it's 
great. Here's where <laughs> the problem is. And by problem, I mean like in the way that inhaling large amounts of cocaine is a problem. Like gambling is a problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So what I what I love about Slate Aspire is it is a deck building game, but it is also a roguelike game. So the biggest problem for me with deck building games is that like there are people who really, really study the cards and and min-max and assemble a deck that's super flexible and uh, Pete Hines, uh, VP of marketing for Bethesda, he's like this. He is he is a deck building savant. I can't do that. I I get cards I like and then I want to play with those cards and that's not high. You want to play it like a normal person. I want to play yeah. like a normal person. And, the, and honestly, you can't really do that and get real far in deck building games. It- it's it's why it's why things like Gwent and that Elder Scrolls game yep, yep, hook you for a little while, yep, for a little while, but then they fade because once you start to get into high level play, right, you need to be thinking about this in a grander, more exactly. strategic, personalized way. Exactly, you can get <clears throat> so far as a as a casual play. So not here, not <laughs> oh no, no. So what Slay the Spire does. You you will unvet eventually as you play unlock all of the cards available to your character. However, at the start of each new game, you are you start with a basic deck of basic attacks and basic defense. That's it. When you defeat an enemy, you get to choose a card to add to your deck. So on and so on and so on, so that by the time you reach the final boss, you have built a deck based on what was made available to you. So it's not about building the ultimate deck, it's about being able to adapt to the cards that you are offered. There's a merchant who sells cards. Do you want to buy this card? Because you earn gold when you defeat enemies. Do you want to roll again? Do you want to roll again? Uh-huh. Maybe it's time to roll again. Yeah. Roll again. Do it again. <laughs> and, and and it's and it's just and then and and you're gonna die because it's really really hard and, and so it's the the random number generator because if you didn't get that card you were counting on oh well that's too bad and you start over fresh with just the basic attacks and just the basic defense and you start rebuilding a whole new deck. It's out. Yeah, it's out. Exactly. It sounds yes. like pocket card jockey. This is why Anthony can never, ever play it ever again. And add to that the relics, which are, you know, the, the magic rewards you get for the really hard fights and can dramatically change how your game plays. And it's just it, it's it's scratch off tickets. The video yeah. game. It is. Scratch, it's scratch off tickets with great art. Yep. And great sound. Yep. And everything works so fast that yep. you will you'll be like, all right, well, it doesn't matter that I haven't cleared the first of these levels. And by the way, Susan, spoiler, there's actually four. Oh, I'm aware uh, of that, bitch. Yeah. Please. I've, been, <laughs> I've fought the heart so many times. I don't even know how you're supposed to win that fight, dude. I had 
So, okay, anyway, that's a whole other conversation. So there's a secret fourth level once you beat the, the three yeah. boss. Once you beat the third boss with all three characters, you unlock the secret fourth level, and that's a whole other thing. And I'm on Ascension level two, and it's just... It's just so... It's yeah. got you. It, oh, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. It's got you in its mind device. So we just we just moved into this new house, and my husband's like, you know, I, I haven't had time to... To set up your PlayStation, I'm like, don't worry about it. It's fine. Don't need it. <laughs> PlayStation, I don't need that. It's fine. I just, I just, I have my Switch. That's all I need. It's so interesting. This is like a, a familiar sort of compulsive play for you. Like this is very similar to a pocket card jockey, mm-hmm. even yes. though the the card sort of mechanics are very different than the weird form of solitaire that is the heart of that game. But it's so interesting to hear you talk about falling into this so completely after, you know, the sort of prolonged experience you had playing through Death Stranding as your sort of like last big gaming experience. Mm -hmm. Because in a lot of ways, Death Stranding is, it sort of takes the wildly delicious feeling of, of this roguelike mix with cards but then elongates that feeling mm-hmm, by saying, mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm, mix mm-hmm. your pack, get everything in your pack, and then go to this place, and then use the resources to build out the things that you are, you know, getting brain juice from watching the numbers get bigger and then yeah. watching people use them. It, it draws it out, whereas this is this is just all of those feelings, but immediately... It just uh-huh. gives them to you instantaneously. Uh-huh. Um, like, because like a game is what, like fifteen twenty minutes. I mean, if you're bad at it, I just mean or, like it's 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 quick, right? Like, it, it is. It's very very fast. And honestly, you will have a lot of games that are super quick because you're just you're going to get into a situation where yeah. you can do nothing. You're like, oh well, I'm going to die, and that's just how it is. Dave, did you play a lot of Pocket Card Jockey? I can't. I know you did play it. I know you had it on your 3DS I, for a while. I got. I played it a bit. I did not have the sickness. Right. You didn't. Uh, <laughs> you were down with the sickness. No. <laughs> God damn it. No. Uh, and it's the same thing with Slay the Spire. Um, like I, I played it a little bit. Yeah. And. Um, Again, like I, I feel like mostly because it's one of those things where it's like, I cannot invest time in this yeah. because I know that if I do, this will consume me. Yeah. So yeah. like I appreciate it for what it is, and that, like I'd like to hop in and play some more sometime. But yeah, it's 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 perfect for airplanes. I'll tell you what. Yeah. <laughs> I can't. Yeah. Ooh, that'll that'll make a that'll make an airplane ride just melt. Yes. You won't even. You yes. won't even. You won't even hear the stewardess telling you to turn off your electronic devices because you'll just be transported to a wonderful land. So I, okay, so true story. So I'm on a flight, and I'm playing pocket card jockey, and during certain parts of it, you can't pause the game. If you pause or if you close your your uh, DS, you lose the race. Yeah. So uh, this guy is trying, he's like, can I, can I get out? I'm like, "Uh, um, no, uh, 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 I'm like, is there any possible way I can explain this to this man? I'm like, no. So I'm like, my horses need to run. (laughs) I'm trying to get my seatbelt unhooked. 
get myself up and into the aisle so he can get out, all while continuing to do this race. And then he's and he's looking at me like, "What is wrong with you?" Like I'm trying to race. <laughs> Susan, you never you've never pocket pocket card jockey one handed it. You got the stylus for your 3DS in your teeth, and you're no. going like this because you're trying to do something else with this hand. No, 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 no. I probably shouldn't reinstall that. No, I don't think that's a good idea. <laughs> yeah, probably shouldn't reinstall that game. It's uh, pretty good though. Oh boy, how does it run on Switch? Uh, that's uh, that's play the spire. Yeah. I'm not going to tell you that, because you don't... (laughs) 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 Oh, oh man. When I I, uh, saw it in the new releases on the Switch eShop, I I did have the... Because I didn't know it was coming out on Switch. Yeah. And I just saw it show up, and I was like, no... No. <laughs> We're gonna use that eShop credit on something else. <laughs> Not yet. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's man. I I'm curious how. Do you find yourself drawn more to these sort of Slay the Spire? Feels like a very traditional portable game to me. You know, sure, it feels. Yeah. Very classically, you know, DS, 3DS, not yep. even mobile. You know, a, a classic portable console game. Mm-hmm. Um, do you find yourself more drawn to this kind of game on your Switch at this point, as opposed to a more prolonged experience? You know, I think about the things that when we come together on this show, you know, uh, Dave will tell us about the weird indie game that's, you know, like, ah. Uh, fucking existential sorrow and socialism. Yep. yep. And then I'll come in and be like, did you guys play this thing? It came out in 1991. Let me tell you about 1991. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Susan, you're, uh, it's been interesting to see your tastes sort of evolve over the past couple of years because mm-hmm. you've, uh, the things that you're really drawn to aren't the things that you used to be really drawn to. Oh, for Survi- sure. Survival games have sort of uh, replaced your your console big gaming time. Yep. And then these very uh, uh, very classically portable game experience. I think like Dragon Quest Builders, uh, mm-hmm. Slay the Spire are what's dominating your attention on Switch. Do you do you feel like Slay the Spire is what the Switch should be to you as a player? Oh wow! I mean, for for me. Yes, because I, reasonably or not, I, I have a mental divide in my head mm. for games. Because I do have two consoles, right? I have a PS4 and then I have the Switch. PS4, that's your big stuff. Mm. That's, the, that's the stuff you need the, the enormous TV for. That's the thing where you're going to play six hours at a shot. You know, your weekend. Like, the benefit of being uh, in a marriage with... <sighs> Uh, a fellow gamer and no children is there's absolutely no guilt involved. And I'm going to sit here and play this game for the next six hours. Mm. Cause, and we, we are actually uh, designing our uh, arranging our living room with two televisions so that we can Tight. game at the same time, you know, playing completely different games, but just, but still be together. So that's what the PS4 is for. 
the the switch to me is for those you know not the super involved story not the the huge time investment not mm. the the you know i'm not going to play doom on yeah. the switch i'm not <clears throat> going to play skyrim on the switch although the portability is nice i, I would I would consider it, but like it's, it's, I want a smaller experience on the switch than I do on the PS4. That's just me. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting to see because you've recently bounced off larger experiences on the switch. You know, Luigi's mansion three, you got in there and you were just, you just didn't want anything to do with what it was trying to do on that machine. Nope. Yeah, that's super interesting. It's super interesting. Luigi's Mansion, gorgeous game. Uh, yeah. I I wish I understood what everybody was getting out of it that that I'm I'm just not because it wasn't it wasn't challenging in an interesting way. It was just I just can't figure this out. It's sure. a da- it's a Dave Roberts fine. It's a, da- it's like, a yeah. Dave. Oh, Dave, did you and Jonah, your son, finish it? We didn't finish it, but we got about half. <clears throat> maybe a third of the way through and it's just like it's okay yeah, like, yeah. It, it's fun for us to play together because it's like the co-op is actually really good mm. um just because like he can play guiji and like he can't die he ha- only has like 25 health but when he dies you could just bring him right back yeah so it's like he can help out but he doesn't feel like he's constantly being like ru- the game isn't constantly ruining ruining his time um, but other than that, I don't know. Like, like you said, it's just like, I, I miss the cleverness of the first games interconnected world. Yeah. Where you have to like get the I, keys. And, I, yeah. I, I don't want to ever sort of poo poo somebody else's experience. I, I went the distance with Luigi's Mansion three. Mm-hmm. I actually did polish it. I off. heard the last boss sucks. I mean, honestly, I, I think the last boss sucks a lot less than, like, half of the other bosses, uh, which are, some of those bosses are so goddamn irritating. Uh, but it's, you never want to say a game is too long, you know? You never, ever want to oh, get to the end of the game. Oh, there are games that are too long. Like, oh, it's too long. It's yeah. just, like, it would be so much stronger if there was less of it. And more polished. Yeah. Make let you know. I just don't ever be afraid of a a brief game. I you know. I think I would rather a game be sort of uh, compact and memorable with a little bit of jank than being like, oh, we're gonna give you this long, drawn out, all the value for your dollar experience. It's why things like Slay the Spire and Pocket Card Jockey, I think, are so powerful because they create this reduced caramelized delicious sugary i should stop i'm gonna yeah, stop don't, don't, don't. <laughs> but, delicious you know feedback <laughs> more so of... this actually ties into something that we were uh talking about recently uh in in our in our group text which was the professor layton that yes. was just yes. re-released on on Switch, and you're like, hey, it's awesome. I'm like, I wait, love wait, it. Wait, 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 I love it. <laughs> because yeah, but but yeah. I really did not like that because oh, it's a because I need the low grade shit <laughs> exactly. So uh, so the the Professor Layton that is now on Switch was originally a uh, 3ds game. It has been embiggered 
and you know improved a little bit there's you know there's more puzzles and stuff like that and and anthony was uh, a very big really enjoying it on switch and i'm like no no i'm playing the i'm playing the 3ds version dave is playing the one with like the puzzles that have been gussied up and fixed for human beings oh 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 okay okay i'm playing the one for little baby (laughs) (laughs) and i'm like i i haven't played a latin it's been over a decade now Uh, i I haven't played a latin since the second ds game and i'm not i'm not counting the one uh that's the phoenix Wright crossover for 3ds oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. because jesus christ talk about a game that needed an editor it takes like four hours before anything even happens so i never i never made it to the extended latent stuff it's just oh, reading yeah. that, that i don't think anybody told the author of that game what an inciting incident was like the beginning of it's like and then professor Layton got home and he put his keys on the table <laughs> and then checked his pockets and was worried he lost his keys. Then noticed them on the table. Then he went and peed. It's like a really in, meandering, <laughs> magical, hands. Re- really meandering, magical realist yeah. novel. Oh, yeah. God. 100 pages. <laughs> Just made Jorge Luis Borges turn over in his grave. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, but. Yes, so. Wow. The, so what I want from a latent game at this point, because I've played all of them. Yeah. I want really good, interesting, challenging, fresh-feeling puzzles. Like, the story can be whatever the story is. I don't, I don't care. I just <laughs> want those little discrete pockets of gameplay, which is a, exactly what I'm getting from Slay the Spire. Sure. You know, it's yeah. little discrete pockets of gameplay that I can pick up, put down. If I don't come back to it for a week, I know exactly what I'm trying to do mm. at any given moment. Like, in Layton's case, it gives you the, you know, the instructions are right there. You're trying to move this thing out in three moves. Blah, blah, blah. Slay the Spire trying to kill shit. So, you know, that's, <laughs> that's where I, that's what I want for, for, largely from my Nintendo gaming experiences are small pockets of gaming happy. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. I can feel both of you over my shoulder while I've been playing that latent game being like, Hey dummy, you don't need that hint coin, dummy. And I'm like, I do. I can't tell the difference between the red and the blue pulse. You should just play Unwound Future. It's better. Oh, it's so good, though. It's it really is. good, man. It really is. That's Wait, what's, what's Unwound Future? Huh? Unwound. That's the third Layton. Yeah. That's the On third the Layton game? Yeah. Wait, what's, what's the mini game in that one? Oh, man. That's been years. I have to look it up. That's how I remember. Like their names are all all blend together for me. Like there's the one. Yeah, I, the, the only reason I was able to distinguish this one is like I was like this time Professor Layton's a lady. Yeah, that's yeah. that's it. That's the distinguishing factor that I have on that one. Uh, Dave, have you finished the Switch version? Did you go the distance no, with that? No, I've, I've been distracted. You've been getting gains with your Switch time. Get, well, yeah, yeah, getting gains. Yeah. That and um, I've been trying to play through Final Fantasy games. Yeah. Uh, oh, where before we move still on, on, where are you? I haven't really. So Games Done Quick was last week. Yeah. And I was watching that most of the time, and like I didn't want to play Final Fantasy four because I was like, well, I need to focus on the story because I haven't played this one. You've never played four at all? Not all the way through. Oh, that's um, great. Wait, and, do you? Okay, let's. All right, let's have some real talk right now. Okay. Sure. Do you though? <laughs> That's a question for the world. 
everyone's being asked that question. Do you really have to pay attention to the story? Uh, get this, Susan. I don't know if you knew this, but the world's gonna be bathed in darkness. And some good guy's gotta take care of that shit. Has he lost his memory? He's lo- no, 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 uh, no, well, yes. not on this one. Uh, yeah, no, no Cecil, Cecil's lost some of his memory. <laughs> I don't want to spoil it for you, Dave. Uh, I just know there's a moon whale. <clears throat> there is, yeah. Final Fantasy IV. There, the story is. I mean, I, I, the thing is, is its emotional beats were remarkable at the time, but they aged within two years of that game coming out. Uh, Four is the one that came out in the United States as two, very early in the Super Nintendo's life cycle. And it was very, very striking because of the way it presents its story. Uh, You know, it starts in medias res. You've got the bad guys storming uh, an innocent village right at the beginning. And you're the bad guy. Really interesting presentation and attempt to tell a very serious story. But the thing is, is that was 91, and by 94, you had Final Fantasy VI, which is, you know, bouncing between seven different characters. There's a leap motif thing going on with the music. It's, you know, it's kind of a dead end. Are you going to play the DS version, the 3D version? Something. I'm, Someday. Like, I'm right now. Oh, no, that's right. You're going to play the one with the pseudo sequel. Yeah. Oh, I yeah. got to see how that goes. Oh, boy. I've heard it's not good. Uh, <laughs> Susan, do you have any final thoughts on Slay the Spire before we uh, put a pin in it? Uh, don't, don't, don't play it, Anthony. Don't play it, Anthony. Don't play it. Don't play it. Everybody who uh, does not have an addiction <laughs> problem, go ahead. Please do. Uh, it's, it's wonderful how you can feel yourself getting better at it. I, I, I'm also a a very big fan of games where you can, where, where you're stumped and where, uh, by persevering, you, you can learn strategy and learn how to be better at it, uh, without it feeling like, like, I'm going to kill you over and over and over and over again until you learn to dodge. Like, yeah, you have to make the failure fun and the failure is fun. Slay the Spire is one of the things that I've played and I was like, man, maybe I should take up smoking again. It's like, (laughs) no, no, no. (laughs) Oh boy. That game is cigarettes. The video game. Yep. Um, Tell you scratch off tickets. The video game. Oh God. How much is it on switch? It's cheap, I'm not right? telling you that. I'm not no. telling you that. <laughs> I don't need to think about it. It's a thousand dollars. It's a billion and one dollars. Yeah. Uh, let's talk. Let's talk about things that everybody thinks are important, like Dragon Ball. Z. No. Z. Yeah. No. All right. The, the so story here, of Kakarot. The oh, story Jesus. of Kakarot has, has so never been told before. We're we're. I was going to come in. Susan's playing Slay the Spire, everybody. It's happening. She's out. Uh, Well, I mean, if you're going to insist on talking about bullshit. All right. Well, uh, bullshit bullshit is relevant to where we're going here. There's Gohan and Goten. And and then Piccolo shows up and Piccolo Uh, says, Whoa, is that? And then it says it's over 9,000. And then he meets. (laughs) Who does not deal with a playground on a daily basis cares. (laughs) 
about your Dragon Ball then DK. Then he, go, he so. goes in the hyperbolic chamber and trains so he can defeat <laughs> and super Frieza. high gravity. And then there's an old man and he gets a nosebleed because he sees underpants. And then there's but a then, guy. Who, then there's an alien named Mr. Popo who <laughs> is in blackface. Uh, we don't talk about that. We don't talk um, about it. It's bad. Okay, I've been having I've been having an all Akira Toriyama week. Akira Toriyama is the uh, comic artist and writer who created Dragon Ball back in the day. He is also the artist behind Dragon Quest's iconic look. Uh, creator of comedy comics like Doctor Slump. He's sort of he's he's sort of uh, the Charles Schultz of Japanese comics. At this he's got point. a look. Oh, is he racist too? A little. Okay. All right, <laughs> a little. Uh, but, but, you know, uh, not intentionally, but I, I have been, I, I have started just today as we're recording this, uh, been playing the new Dragon Ball Z action RPG by CyberConnect2. Uh, if you don't know that name off the top of your head, they're the folks that created Asura's Wrath and Tail Concerto, the mech game with dog pilots back on the PS1. Oh, yeah. CyberConnect 2 rules. That's why I wanted to play this game so bad. Uh, they were I, the team that was supposed to make the Final Fantasy VII remake before Square put the kibosh on that. We're getting there. We're okay. getting, we're getting right. there. We're getting to there. Oh, my uh, God. If you are taking this to a Final Fantasy VII remake conversation. Don't worry. Don't Fear not. I'm not. Uh, not directly. <laughs> so... <laughs> Uh, I have also been playing the original Dragon Quest, the the very oh, first yeah. Dragon Quest, which came out uh, on Switch that? recently. Well, that that's the thing. I got it mostly because I wanted to play. I got the, the they put a cartridge out with all three of the ones that they put out on Switch. Only in and Southeast I, Asia, you only imported are. that. Don't don't leave facts on the table. <laughs> Bullshit, Anthony. Okay. All right. Well, all right. The reason I ended up with both of these games is I traded in 16 pounds of old video games to a uh, a store called East Land and was like, I'll get, I'll, I'm downsizing. And so I got okay. both of these things. Well, That's fair. My, my Akira Toriyama sampler. And the original Dragon Quest, I played it mostly because I, I just, I hadn't played it in 30 years. And oh, okay. So you played it. When it came I out. played it as a child. Okay. And okay. the the weirdest thing about it is it is so compulsively playable. Still, still, it's so simple. It's so mm. short. You you can play through this game in, I mean, a, a few hours. Honestly. Interesting. Uh, you know, especially if you knew what you were doing. The weirdest thing was I remembered most of the basics of what you need to do in it. Interesting. Uh, but the real the real charm of Dragon Quest has always been, you know, sort of the world. And in the original Dragon Quest, there's not a lot to the world other than seeing the monster art and the Akira Toriyama characters and the big smiley dragons mm -hmm. and the weird ghosts. And weirdly, I've only played uh, about an hour and a half of this Dragon Ball Z game. And, you know, let's not get into the... <laughs> The, the, hey, Dragon Ball is fun thing. We don't, I don't need to subject you guys to that conversation. I got this in a fit of nostalgia. <laughs> Fair but enough. Fair enough. What is, what is cool about this game is that it's a, it just sort of walks you through the story of Dragon Ball Z, but it, it, it just lets you do whatever you want in the world. 
So you can fly around and instead of being like, let's go to a fight where two people yell at each other and they're on fire for four hours. It's just, I'm going to get on a cloud and go fishing over here. And then so you're I'm you? Yeah, that's that's what happens. You're you're an, okay. uh, an Akira Toriyama looking dude. Uh, you're Goku, big eyes, big hair, and yep. you get on a cloud and you fly over to an ocean and you pick up treasure and peaches and then you go and do a and cooking peach. mini game. It is delightful. So, uh, rather than make Susan sit through a Dragon Ball Z conversation in depth and. Uh, make her bleed out of her ears. Make her bleed out of her ears and uh, give Dave the invitation to just talk about Toonami with me for an hour. Oh, my God. We got so many questions from our Patreon backers in our Discord today when we went to ask for a backer section. And so many of these questions were relatively associated with this Dragon Ball game and sort of popping up out of it. I thought it would be fun to just in our last section of the game, do all of these questions all at once. Okay. <laughs> Literally all at once. We're all going to read them. We're going to just... Uh, at the same time. It's going to be terrible radio, but really <laughs> entertaining for people who understand what's happening. But I thought it would be fun to just sort of go through them because they... they it was kismet that they, they seem to relate to this game. So without further ado, we're going to get into them. And the first of these, and this is where the Final Fantasy VII remake thing comes up, Susan... Is Clutz sixty four, one of our backers uh, and a regular in our backer Discord, said, "Was I am <laughs> I was thinking today about how I'm morbidly curious what we would have gotten if Cyber Connect two, the guys that made this Dragon Ball Z game, had stayed on Final Fantasy seven remake because when that game was first announced, they were the ones developing it." And then Square was like, hey, this is a hot pile of trash. We're going to make it ourselves. And Klutz said, what alternate reality project along those lines would you like to play? Uh, I honestly, my question for this, and my answer for this question, rather, uh, what would I like to play this alternate reality? This Dragon Ball Z game is my alternate reality game. I don't play anime games, and I haven't played a game uh, starring Dragon Ball characters in well over a decade at this point, because I don't want to play a weird, loud, over-involved fighting game. It's not my thing, and all Dragon Ball games are fighting games. So for years, I've thought to myself, I really wish somebody would make a big sort of adventure game with these characters. And if you had said to me, hey, what if the guys who made Asura's Wrath made that adventure game? (laughs) Yes! Yes! Who do I pay right now? Sign me up! I mean, you kind of got that with Team Ninja making Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3. Yeah, a Team Ninja making Metroid Other M. Uh, That's a real real monkey's paw situation. (laughs) But... Uh, so yeah, uh, Dave, how about you, man? What what sort of pops in your head when you hear this? Uh, the first thing that popped in my head was something that I think I brought up on a backer section uh, a year ago when we were talking about like canceled games that, are, that we would want to play again, and I want to play that Grin Final Fantasy game. 
before oh, that got canceled. Yeah. Fortress. So yeah, so Grin, uh, after hot on the heels of uh, was it twenty or two thousand nine's Bionic Commando? Two thousand nine's Bionic Commando. Let's, oh, boy. B- let's talk about their busy year. It wasn't just Bionic Commando. It was also their movie tie-in game for Wanted, uh, oh. starring the hot voice acting of Common. And uh, they wow. all, yeah. Okay, they also did make Bionic Commando Rearmed, which and is probably more of a fluke than anything else. That game's great, but it's uh, great. They also made Terminator Salvation Ooh. for the Xbox 360. Ooh. All of these games came out in 2009, and when I tell you that Terminator Salvation is the worst shooter ever made for Xbox 360. Think That's about what saying I'm saying. Something. Oh my god! <laughs> Think about wow. what I'm saying. It is six hours straight of uh, turret gun sequences. That's basically all it is. Like it's yeah. you're just on a perpetual jeep and listening to somebody try to be Christian Bale and failing. Um, but anyway, Dave, not to yeah, no. I just I want I, I like I'm sure it would have sucked. Uh, just because, <laughs> I mean, it probably uh, I liked 2009's Bionic Command. Well, okay, I twenty dollars liked 2009's Bionic Commando. Um, it was dumb fun. The swinging was nice. Um, but I think it would be really interesting to see what a Western studio would do with the Final Fantasy franchise. Like, what, yeah. what do they take? How do they make a game that, like, at, especially at that time, I guess, like, what Western audiences were into, but still make it feel like a Final Fantasy game? I think that's a really interesting thought exercise. Mm. Um... I just like I don't know I don't know if Grind was the studio to do it as like <laughs> like were. I don't I don't want any studio to shut down. It's sad that they did, and I wish that game came out, but um, they did not make a lot of good games. <laughs> no, no, they made they made one excellent game, and then Hot Dog Wife Farm. Yeah, and then they made Wait, Hot. Wh- oh yeah, 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 yep, yeah. There you yeah, go. Yeah. Susan, is there what's what's your alternate reality? Uh, Game and and developer could be okay. complete fantasy. Oh, oh it oh it is complete fantasy. Okay. <laughs> P Studio. Okay, I feel in you. With the Elder Scrolls franchise. Oh my God! I don't even know what that would look like. <laughs> because and here's why. Because. Part of the Elder Scrolls lore is a very robust uh, set of gods and goddesses. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Think about that, working with the religious themes and everything <coughs> from the Persona and or Shin Megami Tensei games. Mm. Mm. You've also got the, the guilds. In all, all Elder Scrolls, mm-hmm. you've got the thieves and the, the mages. That's very them. That's a hell of a night. You know you're kind of getting that, right? How You know so? that's... A, they are... The P Studios' next game is going to be a uh, a fantasy RPG. They've been oh, wow. working on it since per- Persona 5 was finished. And I don't think it has a name yet. Well, I think it's my... just called Project Fantasy. Here's my thing. I, 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 I want it to be a, a true melding. I want 
P-Studio to take care of the gameplay mechanics. Mm-hmm. And I want Bethesda to take care of the story. <laughs> because while I, I mean, I love, God knows I love these, these, you know, you, we all know, we all know how I am with, with Persona and all them, but they can go on a lot about really stupid stuff. Like I don't need to be making hot pot with Japanese high school kids. For a half an hour. I I want you to think about how many cupboards you would look in and how many pairs of underpants you would find. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Yeah. Just constant underpants. Right. All the time. I just, I don't know. I think, I think it would be because uh, while I, while I, I love the lore of Elder Scrolls, I am bored of the shape it all takes. Yeah, and I I wish I could say that that's going to change with Elder Scrolls Six, no. and it's not. Well, I, but but no. the, and from their perspective, there's absolutely no reason why it should. It's still, I mean, Skyrim still sells. Skyrim's been selling for almost ten years. Yeah, nine, we're we're at nine years, and that game has been selling. This is serious. Like, don't fix what ain't broke. Like, there's yeah. they have no incentive to change that formula, which I get. Or, or don't but, fix what is broke. In the or case yeah. Of that. yeah. But like, hey, it, I put something like 300 hours into Oblivion and then maybe 100 into Skyrim. Oh, by the way, I didn't like Skyrim and I played it for like 100 hours. So that tells you something about something. <laughs> so, yeah, I would, I, I, I really enjoy that lore. Give it to, it doesn't even have to be like, okay, you don't want it to, to be a, a JRPG kind of format? Fine. Just give it to somebody else. Yeah, I mean, in general, I want, in the same way that I want Elder Scrolls to sort of stop doing its formula, I also want P-Studio to stop doing their formula. Like, the most exciting thing in the world to me was when they made Catherine. And Mm -hmm. Catherine Mm -hmm. is incredibly flawed. I'm I'm never going to say that Catherine isn't flawed. But the fact that they were willing to take a risk on branching out narratively and mechanically while maintaining their aesthetic and the same sort of emotional core of the storytelling that mm-hmm. they like to do. That's awesome. It's so cool. Like yeah. I, I, I love everything about that game flaws and all because it was so daring. Um, yep. That's fair. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and luckily again, you know, they're, they're going to do something different, which is cool. Um, our, our next question in here is another one that I thought was going to be very appropriate. Uh, uh, the Condrarian, Adam Condra, another with our, one of our wonderful backers, a stand-up comedian, uh, said in our question section, I just started reading Dune for the first time, and it's oh. fascinating and nothing like I expected. And inspired by this, because he's never read any or experienced anything in the Dune world, is what is your biggest cultural blind spot? As an added wrinkle, what's your biggest blind spot that you're okay with, Susan and anime? <laughs> Excuse me, but I watched a fair amount of anime trying to see if I liked it or not. So just, fuck you. It just didn't work out. Uh, what's your biggest blind spot that you're okay with? And what's your biggest blind spot that you regret? Uh, pending time and commitment needed to fill it. Uh mm. My biggest blind spot at this point is is anime, actually. 
I loved anime when I was a lot younger. And while I still like anime-infused games, I lo- you know, Persona is a perfect example. I love mm-hmm. Persona, and that is a deeply anime-influenced work. I don't really watch shows or anything like that anymore. Uh, I will say that I'm kind of okay with that. Like, I, I got the anime experience when I, I was a younger man, and I like, you know, sort of dipping a toe back into something familiar, like with this Dragon Ball Z game. It's uh, comforting to go back to that well. Uh, the cultural blind spot that I regret is I I just couldn't put in the time needed to be a real Doctor Who fan. Uh, Fair. I can't, I can't. It's like a part-time in. job. It is like a goddamn part-time job. I've tr- I tried. I tried. I got in uh, when Stephen Moffat rebooted it uh, a little over a decade ago. Uh, what's his face? Uh, he's the bad guy. And twenty-eight days later, he was only the Doctor for one year. Oh, uh, Christopher Eccleston. Christopher Eccleston. Yeah. I I started right then. Right when that show started up, and I thought he was really cool. I liked it. I was sad he left. I watched all the David Tennant stuff and adored it. And then I watched the first year of the Matt Smith stuff, and I was like, what is happening? I gotta go. Oh, yeah, no, that's because the Matt Smith stuff sucks. It was really bad. It was bad. It was very bad. It was super bad, yeah. And I, I... Absolutely true. I, st- I started to, st- I'd be like, well, maybe I'll go back and watch some of the older stuff. And it's just, it's too much. It's too much. And I, I wish that I could enjoy Doctor Who in the way that people like you, Susan, enjoy Doctor Who. And I just, it's, I can't, I can't do you, it. Dude, you can't because you were born too late. I mean. I, yeah, I know. You know, I, I, I spent most of my life watching this television show and it's not even like I. I'm the first one to admit that a lot of the newer stuff just really isn't that good. And if mm. I came to it as a new viewer, I wouldn't have kept watching it. Yeah. I'm there because he's an important person to me. Yeah. You know? So I is feel you. Who is Doctor Who now? Is it still is it still lady? Yeah, it's still a lady. Is she good? Mm. Oh. <laughs> That's not a face you ever want to see when you're talking about something you love. Mm. That's not great. Mm. Huh. This is for time oh, no. for another episode. Oh jeez, that's yeah, that's an extended conversation. Dave, yeah. what's yours? What's your what's your blind spot that you're okay with, and the one that you're not okay, okay with? So, um, same answer for both, mm. but different aspects. Comic books. Ooh. Oh. So I'm pretty okay with not knowing like i mean i know enough to fake writing an seo article for upcut for suicide squad there you go um i know how to google okay uh i know that there's a hero superhero named Sl- or a villain named slipknot his superpower is ropes um but no like i i don't got time for that like i don't have time to obsess over superhero comics to understand the multiple universes like the difference between ultimate spider-man and amazing spider-man and uncanny x-men and the regular x-men and the x-force and fucking whatever like don't got time for it it's here's here's the thing the difference between x-men and uncanny x-men is four dollars you're not you're not wrong yeah it exists solely 
yeah. to get you to spend more money. And I knew that, and I did it anyway. Yeah, I was super yeah. into that for a while until yeah, I could not afford it. And then I'm like, no. Susan, that's because Rogue and Gambit were mad hot, both of them. Yes. <laughs> yes. Mad hot. Uh, yeah, like, like growing up, like I tried to read some comic books. I had a few, and it was like, okay, but like I just... I like video games, and that's what I spent my allowance on. Like, I tr- I I've get, tried I really like to, I've tried to bring you in yeah. to the fold with the good yeah, shit, Dave. I, I just like, and like, I'll, I'll read the good shit, but right. I just, I don't know, I don't, I don't care. I don't. Yeah. However, like, there's a lot of cool stuff out there. Yeah. Like that aren't superhero yeah. comics. Yeah. Yes. Uh, and I wish I had the time to to read more of them. Like, yeah. Um, I tried to get you into East of West. That's yeah, East and it's of great. West I read rules. I read that first one uh, cover to cover within like forty five minutes, and I loved it. But like again, who's got the time or money? Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah. Maybe I just need to start hitting I, up my library to see if they have that. I, stuff. Yeah, but, yeah, I was gonna say the nice thing about comics these days is. They are, like many things, it's very easy to get your get access to a ton of them for very low cost. Yeah. Uh, and unlike, you know, there are subscription services. Uh, I would never encourage somebody to go read, like, Marvel superhero comics in print at this point. Mm. Because they are $4 an issue now. Which is... Insane. And those issues, they're like 20 pages? They're like 20, yeah. they're 20 pages. It's just, it's obscene to read superhero comics at this point. Uh, but you, you go to a library and they'll get you whatever you want. Uh, they, the wonderful thing about modern libraries is you can find things and they will get whatever they have in their computer system throughout your county to your local library if you I mean, request they, they even do interlibrary loans. Like, we've gotten stuff from yeah. other libraries mm-hmm. across the country. That's what I'm saying. It's it's great. Um, it's great. Uh, I, like, I have the few... Like, I own a few that I really like. Like, I have Akira. I have DMZ. I have... Oh, you have DMZ. DMZ is great. Oh, it's so good. Yeah. Brian <laughs> that, that was that. that was the one comic, like, when I was working at Half Price Books that I really fell in love with. Like, I read the whole thing. That's great. Um... And I have like Ghost in the Shell. Ghost in the Shell is is uh, oh, I. Ghost in the Shell is one of those things that I'm still mystified that it got popular. Like yeah. I, I don't understand how that got famous because it is that like that movie the, looks real cool. The movie like, looks that's about, cool, but the book is just pervy. It, it, it alternates and between. Thus, you answer your own question. But like Susan, as you are wont to say, it's very easy to get real porn. And not when, not when that came out, though. Not when that came out. But it, the the, it's like five percent porn to ninety five percent bizarre cerebral futurism. True. Very, very true. Because it goes to the show. You read it for the stories. Anthony. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, I, I, no, here's the thing. And I, I think it, did you, I, I don't know if you, how old were you when it came out? I was young. I, you know, okay. when Dark Horse, when Dark Horse started publishing Ghost in the Shell, I was buying it and it was wildly inappropriate that I was yeah, buying okay. it. Yeah, okay. Hi, mom. The- you shouldn't have let me go into the comic <laughs> shop by myself, mom. <laughs> I will, I will tell you, it, the reason that that became popular was the lack of internet. Yeah, yeah. And the poster. Yeah. 
oh, with man. with the major with the with wires the gun, with the yeah. boobs and the yeah uh great image yeah everyone had that poster anthony has that wall scroll definitely have that wall scroll <laughs> it was this super cool thing that seemed really like you know unlike anything else yeah which it was and uh, and it had that like extra twinge of being from the Japan, yeah. Which at the time, again, you know, before the internet and before, yeah. uh, you know, that and that, was like, commonplace. That came out right around the time, at, like it, it started like showing up in the pop culture sphere right around the time like Final Fantasy VII blew there up. There you go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so like there was this like like oh Japan like they don't like. They make things like yeah. it's not just like yeah. like oh I'm watching a bunch of Saturday morning cartoons that are like hollowed out vessels of Japanese cartoons. It's yeah. like so when when Dark Horse started uh, localizing Ghost in the Shell, uh, the comic they were did it as single issues, and the reason I knew that existed was when I was nine years old, my parents let me go into the comic shop by myself. They're just like. Here's ten dollars. Go go enjoy Valentine's Day. And what they didn't know is that next to Spider-Man and X-Men and Ghost Rider are fucking aliens comics. Mm. And it's just like, oh shit, aliens! <laughs> and it's just blood and fucking and just a horrible existential angst on every single page. Nice. And I was like, oh, I can't believe I can use my new powers of knowing how to read on this. <laughs> and you'd get to the back of an issue of Aliens, and it would be like, Concrete, The Mask, Ghost oh, in the Shadow. Wow, yeah. Right, right when Dark Horse got the license to make new Star Wars stuff. So it was like being a, a little weirdo who then all of a sudden found the Bible. Like, I found yeah. the Dead Sea Scrolls. <laughs> wow, this conversation has really revealed a lot. Susan, <laughs> Susan, what what is your uh, your blind spot of regret and your blind spot of, yeah, I don't need that shit? Uh, blind spot of regret is Super Smash Brothers. Interesting. Never had anybody to play it with. Yeah, that's a tough I, one. Yeah, like, I wasn't, I was out of school when that yeah. came out, so I never had, you know, Go over after high school or in the dorm. Never had that experience. Interesting. I, I have no attachment to that at all. Hmm. Um, and, and, and that makes me sad because people are like, yeah, new Smash Brothers, we're going to play together. And I'm like, okay, go have fun. <laughs> and it makes me sad. Uh, the one I don't care about, fuck off, Lord of the Rings. I don't give a shit. <laughs> <laughs> the people who are into it are fucking crazy. Yeah, they all suck. They're just... <laughs> They're insane. Stephen Colbert, like, you suck. <laughs> like, no, sorry, sorry. Tom Bombadil isn't that fucking important. Shut the fuck up. And Galadriel will, and I will go into the West and diminish and shut up. What are you even talking about? Like, uh, these names, it's uh, too much. It's, it's a too- real dick move to name two characters Saruman and, uh, Sauron. What, what, Sor- Sauron yeah. and Saruman. Yeah, it's just like, one What are you? What are you even doing? Just stop it. And, okay, <laughs> putting aside the fact that the story is fine. Like, it's fine. 
There's absolutely nothing wrong with the story of of The Hobbit and then The Lord of the Rings. Nothing wrong with that at all. It's your it's your classic, you know, adventure. Those books are the most overwritten. Oh man. Yeah. Overrated pieces of shit. Like just Stop, like, get the man a goddamn editor, okay? Well, I, I, or I think it's his, his goal was specifically to be like, I'm going to make a legend. Yeah. And it's going to be filled with history, and, and I'm going to make... I mean, like, like I, again, it's, you know, you, good on you. You did it. He did. Congrats. He did. I don't, like, why don't you write an interesting book? I, I will say this. I will, I, will, I will say this for Tolkien... By the time he, you know, by the time he's slaved through 1,000 pages, he finally figured out how to write a little bit. Like, mm. Return of the King has at least stakes and drama takes okay. place, right? Because what is baffling to me about, like, what Peter Jackson did when he took those books is created drama where there is none. <laughs> right, right. It's true. Like, it's true. I, 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 I find it so interesting that he, for the second movie, he's like, and then they're all gonna go to this fortress called Helm's Deep, and it's gonna be a desperate battle for survival. And it's like they don't do that in the book. In the book, they go to Helm's Deep because everybody's like, well, that's where we can really kick their asses. Okay, wait. <laughs> you know what most of that second movie is, though? It's Aragorn staring into the middle distance smoking. Right. That is, like, 75% of that movie. And in the book, like, the, the idea that Aragorn was ever conflicted at all about, like, taking up his mantle, you get to the end of Fellowship of the Ring, and it's like, and here's your badass sword of legend, Beardo! Yes, I needed that so I could go kick yeah. the shit cool. out of these elves. Thanks, B. Yeah. Awesome. The, yeah. the bad guys show up at Helm's Deep in the book, and he just is like, and then I waved my sword in the air, and they were all on fire. And the ones that didn't burn to death got eaten by trees that I told to kick their asses. The they suck. Oh, my fucking God. The goddamn tree moot for the Ents. <laughs> Insufferable. Like, I, the idea behind it, I think, is actually really brilliant. You know, here are, the, here are these creatures who are, who who view life so very differently. Right. That, you know, they just don't have the same kind of urgency that those of us with a short lifespan have. And contrast that with the elves who also have a very long lifespan. That's, I love everything happening there. And then it's 20 pages to describe a leaf. Yeah, that's, yeah. Shut the fuck up! Lord Stop Rose. it! Stop the setting the fucking it. scene! Stop it! Stop <laughs> describing the smoke coming out of the pipe as he stares into the middle distance. Stop describing things! Shut who, the fuck up! Get on with it! Who here wants to bet good money that that Amazon Lord of the Rings show never comes out? Oh, I hope not. I don't think that shit's gonna happen. I don't. No. I don't. I don't think that there's money in them hills anymore. Uh, so our last question. Comes from Drake Ith, uh, another of our backers that hangs out in the Discord. And I, I feel like this is territory that we've covered, but we're doing all the questions today. And I, I, I like this. It's what game or gaming adjacent experience has stuck with you the longest? Ooh. And uh, this one for me is easy. Uh, in 1988, uh, I was with my brother and his friend Tom at Tom's uh, family's apartment. 
and we were attempting to get to the end of The Legend of Zelda. I'm six years old, so I'm not the one who can play really well, and every time I try to the touch the controller, I get punched really hard in the chest. Uh, my brother and Tom get frustrated trying to get through Death Mountain to get to Ganon. They can't even find the silver arrow. They nearly break the controller, throw it at the wall, say we're going to go outside and play catch. I pick up the controller, I just beeline through that dungeon, murder Ganon, and just run outside, and I'm like, I did it! I beat the game! I beat it! And they're like, shut up! And then they run inside, and they got there just in time to start seeing the, like, how long it took you to beat every dungeon. Oh, wow. Rolling up in the credits, and I got the crap kicked out of me. <laughs> just the crap kicked out of me by my brother and his friend. Because I beat the game. And then I was like, nice! I'm way better at this than they are! <laughs> wow. There you go. I'm still talking about it 32 years later. That one that one stuck with me. Yeah. Boys are terrible to each other. <laughs> Apparently! Jesus Christ! Yep. Yeah. Alright, Susan, Dave, lay it on me. Susan's thinking... I, I mean, I've, I've had a, a lot of really distinct gaming experiences that when I think about, you know, over, over time, there was uh, when I got an, an Atari VCS for Christmas when mm -hmm. I was eight years old. Eight? Was I eight? I might have been eight. Yeah. And, um, yeah, the, this, this probably will not make sense to any of you, <laughs> but... I was flabbergasted that you could control something on the television screen. Yeah. yeah. Because TV back in the, the like, mid to late 70s was magic. I mean, it was magic. None of this, like, it wasn't on demand. You couldn't pause it. Like, you set your family schedule around TV broadcasts. Mm -hmm. Like, you planned dinner to be done before primetime started. There's, you know, you'd run out on commercials to, you know, get a sandwich or go to the bathroom or whatever it is you needed because TV was, oh, TV. So the, just the concept that I was controlling something on that screen mm. felt godlike to me. So we get um, the, the Atari for Christmas and back in those days you had pack-in games Oh, I miss packing games. The thing came with a game. So you had something to play. And uh, so we had Combat, which was the pack-in, and Space Invaders. Mm. And I played Space Invaders so much, I could clear it with my eyes shut. <laughs> Just from muscle memory. I could clear that first screen <clears throat> flawlessly. That's awesome. That's not healthy. But... I should get you on games done quick. <laughs> uh, anyway, that. That's mine. Dave, what sticks with you, man? Uh, mine's very on brand. Uh, it's Final the, Fantasy? Metal Gear? No, Metal Gear. Yeah, uh, but it's... So I was 16, and my best friend was like, have you played Metal Gear? I was like, no, I never played Metal Gear. He's like, you never played Metal Gear? Oh, my God. And, like, he had just gotten a PlayStation for his birthday, and I was, like, super jealous. So we go to Blockbuster, and we kind of sneak uh, the fact that this game is rated M, and my parents were like, no, don't do that. So we, we get around that. Um, he was a little older. He was 17. I, or, 
God, I'm trying to get my time. No, I was 14. He was 15. All right. Because that came out, was it 97? Yeah, I was, well, I was going was to say, I was 16 when uh, Metal Gear Yeah, Solid I was 14. Yeah. And he was 15. And I think, yeah, we just some, somehow, we slipped it past my parents. We, we go to Blockbuster and we rent it. And we're like, okay, it's like the last week of summer. Game's not super long. He'd already played it. So he's basically just like showing me this game. And uh, we plow through that game in a night. It's like sun up by the time we're hitting credits. And it's just, it's, it's one of those moments when you're like, like you realize games can be bigger. Than oh, that's so cool. What what you've experienced before because it's so like it's like a movie it's like no one had made a game that felt this cinematic that felt like like people and actors emoting on screen and delivering like yeah it's hacky uh but like it's there's there was nothing like it at the time and uh on top of you know the like yeah it's a lot of anime nonsense a lot of philosophy nonsense but for being a 14 year old uh relatively sheltered it's huge um it was like like opening your eyes to like oh like there are problems bigger than what's inside my house mm. um like like the i cite that um final fantasy 7 and earthbound for being like the three mm. most formative games in my life like developed me i think as a person um both like politically and uh otherwise but uh, like it's in taste as well, but um, but yeah, like just that experience of getting to share that with my best friend on like a like a late summer night. Oh, that's so just, yeah, that's so great. Uh, yeah, I'm I mean, also, and, like, it's, like, it's a kind of game like, you could like if you know what you're doing. You could like we started at like six or seven at night, right? Yeah, but like I, I'm trying to think like you'd be hitting like the Vulcan Raven scene about midnight, like that that fight. Where the crows eat him? Yeah, no, that was no, that would be more like two two a.m. Yeah. yeah, like that's like right around the witching hour of your brain exploding. Yeah, like it, like you're like, oh no, we gotta push on. I We're about to pass out. This. And like, yeah. It's crazy. Change these damn key cards. That's a really good one. Jeez. Hey, how much is Slay the Spire on Switch? Stop it. it. <laughs> Maybe I'll just look it It'll up. It'll only cost your soul. Oh. Uh, a, a you know what else costs your soul? Backing this show. No. Everybody has made a no. blood pact no. with no. things that like are five, sweet. It's like five dollars. No, five dollars. <laughs> oh yeah, even a right. dollar if you just want to help out. But yeah. But but Dave, who 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 made this happen? Who's who's a special it? shout out to our uh, ten dollar and above level backers? You go to patreoncom podcast and you can help the show out. Special shout-outs to Ryan Brady, Nick Rugen, Yaddle, Gluttony One of Seven, Ryan Mance, Adam Gauntlet, Double Taco, Pete, Adam Condra, Matthew Peters, Michael Coffey, Thierry Belair, Eric Van Quill, Fancy Manatee, Denton Brock, Elio Dare, Stormshot, Frank Sands, Kalen Houston, Tyler Nilsson, Shane Nilsson, Jacob Christos, Chris Cook, Skip Dippity, Tim Chesson, Daniel Squire, and Tom. Thank yeah. Thank you, everybody. You guys, like, that's that's the thing. This this show is probably my, my favorite enduring gaming adjacent memory. <laughs> Aww, there honest. you go. Yeah, it, honestly, true. it is. Yeah. It's, it, yeah. it, it, it is. Uh, 
So, yes, thank you both of you for continuing to do this. Uh, continuing. With, oh, it's to, oh it's, to do this. Sure. That's the titular line. Uh, and That's thank the you, name of the show. Thank you. <laughs> thank you, everybody, for making this happen. Uh, like, very seriously, thank you for making this happen. The people that very back the show yes. are, the, are the ones who keep us uh, solvent when we go to purchase the games that we talk about on the show. Uh, I traded in a bunch of old, crappy NES games to get some new stuff, but also uh, it's it's the backers who are at fault for, for me having this Dragon Ball Z game. So, <laughs> so thank you. Uh, if you yes, want, thank you. Yeah, we're all very grateful. Uh, if Thanks, backers. <laughs> Susan's giving everybody a taste of the, <laughs> the creep factor you can get if you back this show and you hear the backer-only sections. Uh if you have a dollar to spare and uh, like what you hear, it would mean a lot if you would go to patreon.com slash continue podcast and uh, send a dollar our way. Uh, contributions are what guarantee we can continue to do this every other week. Toss uh, a coin to your Witcher. Is that a, that's a thing. There yeah, you toss go. Coin, toss there a coin you to your internet, what the kids are into. Uh, you didn't even watch it, so I, I have that's, that's what we're going to talk to. We're going to talk about the Witcher in our backer-only section, everybody. Uh, so get ready. Uh... And if you cannot spare a dollar, God knows we understand that, uh, please leave us a review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. That gets the show visible. Share it with a friend. Share it with a family member, even if they don't like video games, uh, because we try to make this entertaining to people that may not know what we're talking about. Throw it at your mailman. Throw it at your mailman. Hey, my mailman! Shout out to Devin, my mailman, who listens to the show. Hello. Uh, Devin, who loves Slay the Spire, uh, and we talk about it. Oh, don't do that. You can also follow us on Twitter at twitter.com slash continue pod. Dave, where can people follow you? Follow me at David Robots on Twitter and uh, in the Discord where I have been streaming my Final Fantasy exploits. Uh, yeah, it's pretty cool. I've just been, whenever I play, I hit the, the stream button and it pops up in the feed and you can watch, hang out. Uh, I'm playing through four right now still. Haven't really made a lot of headway since last time, but I'm in the magnetic cave <laughs> where they make you equip all your shitty gear because yeah. everything metal oh. makes you not oh. fight. Gotcha. Uh, jackasses. Susan, where can the folks find you? You can find me on Twitter at Susan Arndt. Although I haven't been very chatty lately because I've been moving, moving across the state. Mo- moth men, moth problems. Moth, exactly. Uh, <laughs> that one got Dave. <laughs> so bad. You, so bad. Asshole. <laughs> you, you can follow me at A. John Agnello. Uh, you can listen to me on my other podcast, Video Game Grooves, which is about video game music. Uh, read my features at theringer.com and theavclub.com. Mothman blog. Uh, Your Mothman blog. My Mothman blog. <laughs> <laughs> my moth cast uh <laughs> <laughs> love that all so right everybody, we'll, we'll see you in two weeks goodbye